0: Ten years and still going strong. Everybody's a suspect! You're listening to Rabbit and Red. Robert Shaw was a tough motherfucker. Right.
2: They don't make that I anyway. Mean. He wanted to punch Richard Dreyfuss on
3: the set he couldn't stand because he's a pussy. Fuck you. God damn you. Welcome to Rabbit in Red Radio. And I know that you like Jason Takes Manhattan, but my question to you is. Why? Okay, hey,
0: now, Okay,
3: <laughs> you're
4: gonna tell me
3: Halloween. You know what makes me mad about you, Mike? I'm gonna What's tell that? you one night.
0: Yeah, you know what makes what me mad?
3: That the Halloween 6? Halloween yeah. 6 is your favorite movie? It was Jason Party. But you think Jason Party sucks? Yes. Are you joking? Jason belongs in hell. I'm gonna see he gets there. We have such sights to show you. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother.
1: And welcome back to Rabbit and Red Radio.
3: You're saying people weren't clicking on and listening to my show to hear me talk? They just wanted to hear them? What fucking assholes, man? I know.
1: And
3: I'm
1: guilty. <laughs> I'm guilty of that, too, because I'll click
3: on it and I'll be like, oh, damn, fucking Ted rigs on this show? The blackest eyes. Welcome to Rabbit and Red. The devil's eyes. This is a huge honor for me.
2: Uh oh, too much pressure.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm gonna disappoint you now.
1: I've been blown up! Take the- to the We'll
4: show those
0: shit as what we can do. Welcome to Rabbit and Red Radio. And now, here's your hosts, Michael J. and Cody Robinson. All right, and we're back.
3: It's an all-new Raven and Red. It's been geez, a few months. We decided to change things up a bit. Hello, everybody. Hello, Coach. How are we? Just wonderful, man. This
2: actually isn't our first podcasting venture together. Uh, no. No, no, it, it goes back, by the way, is what, around 2012, 2013? Yeah, about
3: that. Oh, yeah, that was when... Morbidly made? Were you? Yeah, that was 2013. That started.
2: I was on that a lot. Um, we did a lot of great shows. Some good
3: interviews on there too. Well, hopefully we can, we can bring some good interviews to this one as well.
2: Oh, absolutely. Hey, I, I've been meaning to ask you: How long has Rabbit and Red been around? I know there—it's one of the oldest horror podcasts uh, around, uh, but I, I don't know the start date. We've
3: had well. There's been different. It, incarnations over the years. There's been... uh, But it really started back on June 15th or 16th of 2010. That's when that started.
2: Oh, wow. So great. So you're coming up on the 10th
3: anniversary. That's great. This will will be 10 years. Will I do a 10th anniversary special? I have no idea. Probably not, because um, Rich from the Devil's Eyes, I do not really speak to him anymore. Um, I feel he did run the show under the ground just a little bit. But that's just my thoughts. Some may disagree. John Rhodes enjoys him very much. And I did enjoy him until he stopped calling me to do this show. For some reason, I don't know why.
2: Hey, but look, now it all worked out. You're running it now, so.
3: Yes, that's that's kind of, yes. So I did want to mention my experience meeting Kevin Smith. And I know you're a huge Kevin Smith fan. Yourself, Cody. Uh, true, true. Yes. Well, I went into this. Uh, my brother ended up getting me the tickets for my fortieth. He was like, "Okay, you only turned forty once. It's worth the seven fifty a pop for tickets." So I ended up going with Joey T, who does Jacket Audio podcast. That's another mm-hmm. podcast. That's so we went there. It was a nerve wracking experience. You know me, I'm a very emotional person. I kept my emotions in check the whole time, like waiting, you know, for him and Jay. And the whole thing is, they were going to bring you into a room and you got 10 minutes with them. And you could basically say whatever you want to, you know, you just talk to them about whatever. So they bring us in and he was extremely nice. Jay was extremely nice. I talked to him about how I loved his work and how he inspired me with films and all that stuff i had said that i do a podcast i've had many people on over the years you are one person and i have not been able to get he's like really you haven't been able to get me and i said no i contacted your mother-in-law jay's wife all of your set representations on imdb pro and i got nothing So he's like, hmm, well, we can remedy that right now. Uh, Liv, that was his assistant. He's like, give Mike your email address and we will set up a time for me to come on his podcast. And it will be a great thing. So did that. I waited maybe two weeks and I contacted his assistant and she was like well yeah we can definitely set this up he's on the road so as kevin said you know they're just driving so he pretty much has nothing but time except when a show is going on so we can pretty much make whenever time work whatever works for him you know that's great we can do it so she got back to me maybe a day later and she's like is this a personal appearance or can he just like phone in or video in?" i said Skype is normally how we do it, so that's not a problem, whatever. And she's like, okay, you know? And then he's like, well, she's like, well, you know, he might not have the time to do it now, so we might not be able to do it until after the tour's over. So I said, you know that that's fine. So I waited until the tour was over, and she said, "Um, I'm going to forward your information to Jordan and Chelsea, who run Smodcast. Jordan is Jay's wife, so she handles, like, a lot of that stuff, I guess. And I contacted them maybe two or three times since, and nothing. Totally blown off. Well,
2: hopefully it's just a mistake. You know, uh, they've just overlooked it. These guys probably get all kinds of contacts through theirs. Try contacting them again.
3: That's something that I thought about. Yeah, I was definitely kind of upset over it, just because it's Kevin Smith, and I really do appreciate his work, and he really is, to me, a very good filmmaker. That's kind of where we're at with that. I was, It's just, I don't know. I guess it kind of threw me for a loop, you know?
2: Oh, yeah, I'm sure it was kind of a letdown. I mean, one of your idols, I mean, I'd be the same way, you know, in in that situation. But, Mike, tell me more about what, what you got to uh, talk to him about whenever uh, you were actually in the room with uh-huh. Jay and Silent Bob. Well, he did
3: give me a hug, so he did touch me. I thought that that was very, very nice. Um, he's a hugger. Well, and I did. Uh, well, now after the Corona stuff, he probably won't be huggy anymore. But um, what is it? Uh, he, uh, I did tell him that I enjoyed Tusk very much, and I said I thought that that was a very good film because it's a different film for him. It was a departure from really anything he's done. And I wrote, you know I absolutely,
2: that, and that that's why i I only watched Tusk like a couple of weeks ago for the first time, and you sweet. know how big of a horror fan I am, but i right. I was I was so skeptic over it. I was like, ah, oh, I love Kevin Smith, but I, I you know I didn't want to watch a film, and I even like I even like Jersey Girl, okay I did too. <laughs> I did too. but if I was like, I don't want to be disappointed in one of my idols, you know
3: right right and, and then I watched it, and I loved the movie I thought it, I thought it was a great film. Oh, there's definitely nothing wrong with it at all. I mean, really, it's just because that that transformation from human to walrus. And Michael Parks was just, like, amazing. Yeah, he knocked it out of the park. Yeah, and I
2: think I... I, Pun intended.
3: (laughs) And I I don't know how... See, I forget, because I heard a while ago, I think he had Justin Long on his podcast and they actually talked about tusk and the whole thing with michael parks was he i think had a stroke or some other sort of ailment like right before they started shooting and he was still recovering from that so there was a point where he like just couldn't remember lines very well or anything like that and like when he would go off and have like these like tangents like in the movie with the character Those were real. Like those weren't acting. Like he was really frustrated.
1: I
2: I can't believe that. I mean, mean, he he sold it. I mean,
3: (laughs) yeah, it's definitely one of those. Like I really, you know, I don't think people give that enough credit, and I think a lot of people think that it's like, you know, um, just not good um, because they're like, well, he's a he's a walrus. What's good about somebody being a walrus? And it's like it's it's just it's beyond that it's just it's um it, it's just it's it's just different just like red state for him was different like a total departure from the kevin smith that you're used to from the jersey trilogy and all that stuff it's no i different. haven't
2: i haven't seen red state that's oh, no. very I, uh red state and cop out or as far as i know the only two kevin smith films i haven't seen and, well, Cop and Out, I know I, I'm ashamed of myself to say I'm as big a Kevin Smith fan as I am and haven't seen all of his movies. But, uh, I mean, they're definitely on my list. And it's a very Red long Red
3: State is definitely... I mean, because, uh, yeah, Red State is definitely something. That like, that was his first film that I felt was really just like a great departure for him. And Cop Out, I mean, I saw it. It's... Um, definitely not a kevin smith film but then again he didn't write it so you can't really you know fault him for that that was like a warner brothers thing
2: they brought him definitely a a studio film and his his films all of his films you know usually scream independent you know
3: yeah and cop out definitely does not and you can definitely tell that um Bruce Willis was probably a handful to work with.
2: Like he, yeah. Well, yeah, I've seen interviews with Smith uh, yeah. expressing his displeasure of working with Bruce Willis. He said it wasn't like he was really rude or anything or, no. or hard to work with on said, He said just every day he acted like he didn't want to be there. Which I mean, the guy's been doing action flicks at the point that uh, Cop Out was filmed. He'd already yeah. been doing action flicks for like 30 years. So I can understand being burnt out, but honestly, the reason I've stayed away from Cop Out, as big of a fan as I am of Bruce Willis and Sean William Scott, I really, really do not care for Tracy Morgan. I have never thought anything he has ever done that I've seen has been even remotely
3: funny. Yeah, I mean, he's a lot. He definitely has a lot to deal with, kind of like an acquired taste. Like, if you don't, if you're not really into that sort of humor, especially at least what he does, he's more on the side of screeching and screaming about everything. I didn't, uh... I, didn't
2: hey, I love I love Sam Kennison. He's one of my favorite comedians oh, of yeah. all time. So, you know,
3: Kennison. I I still, I can't give Tracy Morgan credit. I'm sorry. Mm. Uh No, he's definitely not one of mine either, just because he, did. I mean, I don't know. I just never, uh... You know, I think I feel bad with him because he kind of came in after, like, Sammer and Farley left Saturday Night Live. And yeah. they were, like, you know, prime SNL for me, I guess. And then after they left and he came in, I was like, um, I just, I can't get into this guy. I'm not going to really like anything he's ever done. You know, he kind of took SNL away from me. That's just my thing, I guess. Uh,
2: hey, no, no, I totally get that. And, you know, I'm not trying to be too hard on the guy because, I mean... He obviously works hard, and he has
3: a huge fan base. And he did almost get killed by a Walmart truck.
2: Yeah, that's still coming out of my paycheck. Sore subject, Mike. Oh,
3: boy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Do you still have the projector and the big, all that stuff? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Uh, I've just uh
2: acquired more projectors i mean it's like i'm i'm thinking of starting to plant them you know i i live on a farm so oh, yeah. i i have a little bit of land so i'm thinking yeah. about starting planting them and harvesting them you
3: see they'll grow harvest them
2: yes. uh, but yeah i i have more projectors than probably any normal human human being should
3: so how many movies would you say you watch in a given week so i can feel yeah. bad that i don't watch man. uh
2: you're not going to feel bad buddy cuz uh between two kids that i get 50% of the time Um, uh work and taking care of a farm i if i'm lucky i get to watch uh, the weekends i don't have my kids right i I might get to watch two or three movies during the weekend usually my girlfriend will come over on the weekends i don't have my kids she'll come over on saturday and we'll just sit because she's got kids too and we're both busy all the time and uh, i mean we're both in management it's uh, very hectic for both of us uh we'll we'll sit though and just kind of unwind and watch movies and I make her watch a bunch of horror movies. Well, she's a horror movie fan. But we'll, we'll sit and she'll, she pretty much just watches. I'll ask her what she wants to watch. And she'll say, you know, whatever you want to watch. And, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. And I'm like, oh, I, I like some pretty obscure shit, honey. Uh, but <laughs> but she sits through it and most of the time. 99% of the time she really enjoys whatever I throw at her. But, yeah, uh, answering your question, though, probably if I'm lucky, you know, I'll get to watch maybe two or three movies a week.
3: Yeah, that's still more than me in most cases. What is it? Well, that's just because I have to be in the mood to watch a movie. If I'm not in the mood, then I won't. You know, I, I can't like force myself to just like. I believe me, I've tried to just put something on and sit down, and it doesn't, it just doesn't work. If I'm like sitting there for like five or ten minutes and I'm not into it, I'll just be like, no, I have
2: to. Oh, I, uh, yeah, I understand that completely. I, I do the same thing. I'll spend more time like with Netflix and Hulu. I'll, I'll yeah. look, I'll look through movies once i finally sit down the evening Mm -hmm. i'll look through movies for like 30 minutes to an hour trying to pick something to watch and most of the time i don't even pick anything to watch i'll I'll just give up on it and go to bed or if i do start something like you like you were saying i'll Mm -hmm. i'll watch it for 10 15 minutes and not be into it and and be like okay i'm i'll shut it off and go Get up and do something else.
3: Now, does the uh, does the girlfriend know who Donald Pleasance is? You know, I haven't
2: asked her, Mike, and that's kind of shameful to say because uh, I'm a huge Donald fan too. I, I haven't run her through any of the um, original uh, six Halloweens, but uh, she she's seen some of them. I mean, I've watched uh, I watched Halloween twenty eighteen with her, and she really enjoyed it. I mean, I'm sure she knows who the character is. I don't know if she's familiar with the Donald.
3: How about we take a break? And then when we come back, we'll get into some Kevin Smith deep dive. All right. We will be right back after this.
4: This is Beau from LegionPodcasts.com. Hey, it's been a crazy time. And when the world gets nuts, we're happy to offer some old-fashioned podcast entertainment. But for some folks, getting a laugh out of a show isn't really helping these days. People who depend on tips in their bartending jobs or have been put on furlough with no pay till the worst of this coronavirus threat has passed. That's a tough spot. That's why we set up a GoFundMe for members of our community, a sort of grand-scale take-a-penny-leave-a-penny. For people like myself, for whom the recent disruptions haven't kicked us out of work, well, we can drop a few of those extra pennies in the GoFundMe jar. For those who are directly affected by recent events and find themselves looking for money to pay the electric bill or keep the water on, well, how about you give me a shout at bobo at legionpodcasts.com. Let me know the situation and what you need, and we'll do our best to make life a little easier. And you can find links to the GoFundMe on the front page of legionpodcasts.com, on our Facebook group page, or on Twitter at Legion Podcasts, where it's the pinned tweet. For those of you who are able, thanks in advance for chipping In, and members of our community who need a hand, hey, here we are. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and we're all going to get through this together. Legion isn't just a name, it's who we are. Thanks for listening to all the shows here on Legion Podcasts, and we'll talk to you soon.
2: Okay, Rabbit and Red is back, and we're getting ready to take a road trip with Kevin Smith. So everybody hop in, buckle up, and light your, you know, whatever you're smoking. Uh, because we're going to take on Kevin Smith's classic dogma. And his newest film, the Jay and Silent Bob reboot.
3: That was very dynamic, Cody. I love that. You did a great job. Very, very dynamic sounding. Well, thank you, sir. <clears throat> you uh, rivaled myself with that one. So, Dogma was one of those movies that I wanted to go see that in the theater, and I never got around to it. There's very few. Same here. Uh, Clerks, I never saw in the theater. I saw that on a VHS that my cousin found in a junker car. Mallrats was VHS. Chasing Amy I did see in the theater. Dogma, for whatever reason, I wanted to go. Don't know why I never made it there. But uh, it was one of those movies that when I got it and I watched it, I was very surprised when I saw um, Hans Gruber appear from Die Hard. I was like,
2: oh, yes, yes. The uh, legendary Alan Rickman. Yes.
3: And I was mostly surprised because I thought that he was dead after Die Hard. But <laughs> then I realized Die Hard is only a movie and he's alive. So, uh, but it just seemed like it was very different, like a very different type of film for him. Um, he did not, uh, I, I don't know, like he, he always seemed like a higher brow actor for me. And it seemed like maybe. A Kevin Smith film was just maybe a little out of his um, wheelhouse, so to speak.
2: Yeah. But, I mean, uh, what, it was like a year or two after they did Galaxy Quest, which I, I love. Well, um, yeah. And then they did all those Harry Potter movies, which... Oh, well, yeah. Uh, uh, which, that that's what breaks my heart for... Uh, uh, the, for the most part, that yeah. all these millennials, you say Alan Rickman, they're like, oh, oh, yeah, Professor Snape. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I just, I Don't can't. Don't you talk
3: I, about I, my I, hands, I, I, Gruber, I, 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 that way. Exactly. Exactly. I have a shotgun. I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. Um, or the uh, yippie ki yay motherfucker. That's it. So before this show, when was the last time you think you saw Dogmon in the first place? Like it's probably been a while since you've. Uh,
2: oh watched yeah, it. probably There's since uh, the initial release. I, I like I said, I didn't see it at the theaters, but I uh, I did uh, watch it on VHS. I rented it. Um, I remember the uh, the advertising. Uh, they didn't have, uh, well, not the poster, but they had like the big cardboard cutout at my local video store. And I, I remember seeing it in there and I'm like, eh, I got to check this out. And that was actually before I'd saw clerks. So really? I was just, yeah, I just, so, and I, I it, you know, it was uh, right after uh, um, Ben Affleck and uh, Matt Damon had uh, won the uh, Oscar for Goodwill hunting. So, and I, I was like, I saw, I had saw Goodwill hunting. So I'm like, yeah, both these guys are in it. I'll give it a shot. And, and I still didn't know who Kevin Smith was.
3: So Dogma was your first Kevin Smith film?
2: Yeah. So what was your impression? I got the humor. And uh, I, I just remember thinking through the whole thing. I'm like, wow, this is edgy. This is going to piss a lot of people off. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and oh, it definitely. did. Well, yeah. I mean, you know. Um, and that Linda Fiorentino who played, I forget her fucking character name at this point. but uh, uh, Bethany. Bethany. That's it. Bethany, yes. I heard that she was...
2: I mean... What happened to her? Because she was in Men in Black. Right. She did Dogma. And, I mean, she was in a bunch of stuff in the late 90s, and I just don't recall seeing her in anything.
3: No. I think after, after, one- after that, she just kind of disappeared. Let me check, because I have the internet up. I'm, I wonder if she's still alive. Let's see. I'm wondering if she's alive or if she's dead.
2: Yeah, hopefully she didn't co-cab. Uh,
3: I would... I would, um... Hope not. Definitely hope not. She is let's see. I, I mean she did a lot of like uh oh my god she's 60 years old. Wow. She's still alive. She uh wow, well, it looks like her last I'm trying to see when her last movie role was. Let's see here. Is she still even active? I don't know, it looks like kind of, uh, at least from what I'm seeing after, like, about, she did What Planet Are You From? and some other movie in, like, 2000, and I think after that, I don't see anything really after 2000, so for the better part of 20 years, I don't think she's really been in anything.
2: Yes, she uh, retired from acting, you know. Uh, look, uh, Emilio Estevez, he did the same thing, you know. I think he owns, like, a, him and his wife own a winery now. Yeah. Kind of like uh, Adrian King. Of course, she's still acting, but, yeah. you know. Oh, and Have I you drank really any of fun. the uh, Crystal
3: Lake wines? Um, no, I haven't. I mean... I've thought about it, but I'm not really a yeah. Wine. Me
2: too. I'm like, ah, I don't know if I want to commit to that, man. That's a really cheap wine. <laughs> yeah, <I can't, laughs>
3: like aside like, every
2: bottle, you can buy a whole case for twenty yeah. bucks. I'm like, man, that can't be good wine.
3: Yeah, I, I would think that they're a little more, you know, if it's if it's good wine, it's supposed to be a little more expensive than that. I think that's. Uh, oh,
2: wow. But I, I need to. I need to uh, order a case. And get it uh, get it autographed just for my, my youngest daughter. I named after Adrian King. Oh, did
3: you? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh,
2: little Adrian, know. AJ, we call her. That's
0: uh. Well, yeah. Adrian is. But it was uh, cool
2: the day she was born. Adrian King actually messaged me and and uh, congratulated. Uh, so oh, was,
3: really?
2: Yeah. Wow. I still that's haven't bought her wine.
3: <laughs> <laughs> She's waiting for you to do that, Cody. You need
2: Uh, that one. I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, she's making plenty of money at the conventions.
3: Oh, of course. Without a doubt. I guess Good Will Hunting was the first time you saw Ben Affleck and Matt Damon.
2: That's who. That's how I was introduced to them. And then, like I said, with Dogma, I still didn't. You know, it was one of those movies I didn't go to look and see who directed it and what. uh, You know, what other films he'd done. Uh, Really. About a year later I just happened to cross clerks on a movie channel and right. it just blew me away and I was like, I got I gotta see who you know, it was you know, black and white and uh, I started off watching, I'm like, What the hell is this? you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh after watching it, I mean it like I said, it really made an impression on me and uh and I, I watched it with one of uh, my childhood friends I grew up with and it, it really blew him away too and he's not near as big a movie nut as i am but uh you know we both after that kind of really starting uh delving into the kevin smith catalog uh, as small as it was back then i mean they're but before uh dogma we had what chasing amy mall rats and clerks
3: was it right uh yeah 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 and then after that dogma came after that uh, he went to uh and some of, uh, Strike back and then uh yeah. And then I think well after strike back was was quite yeah, Clerks two was after strike back. And uh I was honestly really surprised now that uh, Clerks Three is coming because he did say that um at the reboot road show he said about clerks three.
2: Yeah, I guess well he was gonna do clerks three before um uh, the Jane Silent Bob reboot. But uh, they couldn't get, uh, he couldn't get, uh I can't remember his name, the guy
3: who plays Randall. Jeff uh, Anderson, and yeah. yeah. I don't know what happened between them, but they had some major falling out, it seemed like, and I just, I don't know why. Well, I didn't know until
2: recently that uh, Kevin Smith and Jason Muse had had a pretty huge falling out, uh, even during the making of... Uh, Jane Silent Bob strike back uh, because of Jason use uh, drug use and not really? not weed. He got yeah he was into the hard shit and and at one point Kevin Smith called off filming. He said, Fuck it, go do all the drugs you want to do. You know you ain't got to worry about doing a m- movie now." And and that's what led to uh, their podcast they did for for years after that. Uh, that Jane Silent Bob get old podcast. Yeah, uh, it was him mainly. Because Jason used one to talk about, you know, his recovery and, and be able to, you know, talk with people oh, well, uh, while he was still in the process, which, I mean, never any process of recovery. But uh, he wanted to be able to, um, you know, basically make his own support group, I guess. And, uh, and that all led up and culminated in him here, I think, year before last, he finally directed his first film.
3: Oh, yeah, that's right, he did. Um, shit, I actually bought it, and I didn't watch it yet. It's I
2: haven't seen it either.
3: But <laughs> the method. And there's like a bunch of people in it that do cameos and stuff like that. Yeah, like he's got Smith does a cameo. Um, uh, shit, I used that have the case right here, and then I think uh, I ended up copying. So I put it back in the, the totes. But it has like twenty some names in it or something. So like bigger names, or at least within the Kevin Smith universe. Except uh, you know Jeff Anderson isn't a you know he's not in, but still. As um, um, uh, Jeff Anderson, whatever they had like as an issue or whatever, I I don't get it because um, Jeff Anderson, the way that I see it, he's only uh, he wrote and directed. One movie called Now You Know, and I think that was around that Clerks 2 was done. It was either before or after Clerks 2, because I think uh, Clerks 2 was when they had their falling out. So it really makes me wonder, like, why you really, you know, it's like, if you think you're like, such Hollywood royalty, you know, it's just that's not the case. You've, you've, you've made one movie, you basically are known for clerks, so why do you just not want to do it?
2: Yeah. I mean, surely he didn't make enough money off it because even Jason Mew said, up till Clerks 2, he was still doing carpentry jobs, you know, he was working a regular job up till till then,
3: I'm, you know. I'm sure. I mean, you know, But that's why, you know... You know, and that's 10
2: years, almost 10 years after Clerks, you know, and he's still working a regular job. And unless fucking Randall, you know, really invested his money, a little bit of money he made off Clerks well. You know, I I can't see why he would pass up doing more mainstream stuff, you know.
3: I mean, because I think it took him forever to agree to do Clerks too in the first place. Because that, you know... Clerks 2 was, what, 12 years after Clerks, so it's like, yeah, I think it took a while. 94 was Clerks, and what right. was Clerks 2? Two? Clerks 2 was 2006, yeah, oh. 2006.
2: You I gotta guess. think how odd it had to be for, for them, though. I mean, none of them really made, besides maybe Kevin Smith, made any money off Clerks. Right. Oh, no, definitely not. And Kevin Smith didn't make a lot of money off Clerks, but I mean, he's he's a working director by this point. You know, has right. made several films. And these other guys, at least Jason Mewes, who was, you know, his co-star in the film, is is still, has not made enough money to where he's still having to work a regular hourly job. You know, he's right. still doing carpentry work 12 years later. Yeah. Well, he's always got work with Kevin Smith.
3: Or well, at least from what I understand, like, with Mewes, you know, because his daughter does make a cameo in, in Reboot. I'm wondering if, obviously, because the, uh, his daughter's name is Logan Lee Muse. So I'm guessing that was a Wolverine and Stan Lee reference. I'm guessing that he uh, got that from.
2: Oh, sure. I wouldn't be a bit surprised, you know, with, uh, Kevin, you know, Harley Quinn Smith.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. That which cool. that was so cool, which I don't want to skip ahead. I know we're on, I know we're on dogma <laughs> now. and We haven't talked about dogma at all yet. No. <laughs> uh, that that was so cool. The uh, the, the David the uh, his name and uh, naming his daughter in the movie uh, her character M- the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> it mean, oh, had a real yeah, uh, it really named her Harley Quinn. I mean, yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. That was you know that was great. I mean, no, it's kind of like sure a boy
2: was... named Sue. She either had to get tough or die. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: shit. She was in that uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that I still have to watch. She was in that uh harley yeah how harley did i miss that kevin's been ever since he found out before the movie even came out he's been raving that she's in that fucking thing and how he loves quentin and how quentin put her in his movie and it was a whole fucking like thing like i don't i don't think she has i mean i thought she had kind of a sizable role but maybe it's not that big <laughs>
2: I can't believe I missed it. I'm going to have to, I've only saw it once though. So I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it because it, it's a movie. It's got like a three hour runtime, but I mean it is. And I've been a Tarantino fan from the beginning. I mean, not like uh, standing up on the bleacher, showing my tits kind of <laughs> Kevin, uh, Kevin Smith, fucking <laughs> when Tarantino, uh, <laughs> bad. uh, but, uh, no, this, this, in my opinion, once upon a time in Hollywood is, is his best film
3: i uh well i still have to that's the one of his that i still have to watch i haven't seen that
2: the way they recreate 60s hollywood sunset strip it's just amazing you feel like you're watching a late 60s movie for me like i've
3: always loved Pulp fiction i've always loved that one like and i mean i've i've loved i've loved you know more since but Pulp Fiction was like the first Tarantino movie I saw. I love Pulp Fiction. But
2: uh, yeah, yeah I, I will say that. This movie, I mean, the way it intertwines, I mean, the the I'm sure you're familiar that, with it enough to know that the uh, Manson murders are mm-hmm. the uh, whole yeah. backdrop. The, it's not the main storyline, but it's, it's like the B storyline. But uh, the way it all right. turns out, and I'm not a huge Brad Pitt fan. I never have been. I mean, I, I really like several of his films, but I'm not on the uh, Brad Pitt bandwagon, and even less so on the DiCaprio bandwagon. I mean, I, I've never been a big fan of his. Right. All the way back since Titanic. I, I think probably Critters, what was it, Critters 3 is probably, three,
3: yeah.
2: Yeah, probably, yes. probably my favorite role of his. You um, know, and and, and uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape was probably the most believable. Uh, but, yeah, he but, did uh, do that very well. but no i love both these guys in the movie uh the movie you just gotta watch it mike and everybody listening all three of you you get everybody (laughs) go out don't rent it just buy once upon a time in hollywood because it's worth the money you will watch it multiple times even though i've watched it once i am going to watch it multiple times especially if you have any kind of uh affection for 60s cinema the old 60s tv shows and it's it shows like the behind the scenes you're really just the movie is a character study and uh it's damn near perfect i mean you you just gotta see it and the ending will blow your mind I, i will say the last 15 minutes of the film will absolutely floor you
3: you know and it's really a shame that you say that like it's a love letter to, like, late 60s TV and stuff like that. It's a shame that he couldn't focus on early 60s TV and get in there with the um, Leave It to Beaver and Father Knows Best. I really—well, actually, not Father yeah, I, Knows I, Best. Well, ran for it, it's 40s. not too big a departure, Mike. I mean, no. I love
2: those shows growing up, too. You And I know you'll be able to appreciate it watching it. Just watch it. <laughs> <So, laughs> it's—
3: you said something that, that just made me think. You said, what was it, Brad Pitt plays DiCaprio stunt double in the movie? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. I, okay, now I'm, I'm thinking of both both of them in my head because I don't have pictures in front of me. How in the hell does that work?
2: Yeah, he's taller than him. Well, a lot of stunt doubles. I mean, they get the hair right.
3: You know, yeah, I mean, and I guess facial-wise, they don't they, have to be exactly the same. No. Because you don't get a close-up of the face, but this double anyway, so. Oh, no, now it makes sense. When I saw um, Brad Pitt accept an award and he said he would uh, ride Leo's coattails any day or something like that. Maybe that kind of makes sense. Now I get it, okay? Yeah, probably, yeah, mm-hmm.
2: uh, what, Best Supporting Actor or something like yeah, that. Something yeah, something like that, yeah. That no, it makes, it, it makes sense.
3: I didn't get it before, but now I think I actually kind of get it. But um, so I'm looking at some dogma stuff here. Oh and, yeah, uh, we
0: probably better get back yeah, on track should, before we, we make this like a six-hour to,
3: podcast. Yeah, we should get back to dogma a little bit, I guess. Just, uh, but uh, I'm right. looking here, and and it's weird. I did know this before, but I guess it kind of like left my brain. But Smith actually wrote dogma before clerks. See, I didn't know that. And he, he you know, kind of like put the script away because obviously uh I think what Clerks was made for what, twenty-seven thousand, I think. He just, he just uh ran up all his credit cards. I think that's what the first one was made for. I think. Yeah. Um obviously you're not making dogma for twenty seven thousand. Um so yeah, he shelved it because he wanted the proper visual effects and you're not going to be able to make it on the budget that he had. So that's why that never happened. Um, it says that Muse memorized the entire script um, before the rehearsals even. So uh, and they said he and he said he did that because he didn't want to make make um, Alan Rickman angry. You know, no, that's fair enough. Yeah, the, yeah. Maybe bring out the Hans Gruber, and him he did not want that at all. Um, and like I did say that he, um, he did say that that Linda Fiorentino was difficult to work with, and he wishes really? that Janine Garofalo would have gotten that part. But I don't know about Janine Garofalo. I could, uh, I don't know.
2: Well, I mean, she's more of more comedy. I mean, and yeah,
3: yeah she definitely is definitely is
2: which I mean don't get me wrong i, I love her uh, from uh, wet hot american summer and and the uh wet hot american summer series they did after that uh, Yeah, i mean I she's still watch great watch
3: that, oh my I god get on that mic i know and paul was in it too and i love paul Rudd. and I should be watched i should have watched it i don't know why I don't know why. And he, oh my,
0: now why?
3: Now this, I didn't know either. I didn't realize that Kevin Smith didn't want to direct it at first. Really? He wanted Robert Rodriguez to direct. I, I could see Rodriguez doing it. But he's but Rodriguez said that Smith should do it because it was like a, uh, you know, it was his script. You so know, that would should. explain Sam Hayek being in it. Oh yeah, I mean, and that was also a a nice part of the film. I think. Yes. She, uh, she always adds to everything. Like you know, with that. Yeah. Well,
2: she's she's the full package. I mean, she's got the looks. I mean, she's a great director too. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, great scene in the movie. Um, all her scenes were great. Um, okay. But they cut out a lot of that strip club scene. I watched them the deleted scenes. Uh, they actually have a uh <laughs> James Bob have a musical uh number in that scene that they cut out
3: in the strip club wow. yeah that's uh oh, and uh and Carlin you know he uh well he was the cardinal, so uh mm-hmm. he wanted to do that role he agreed to take it, but he didn't want to take off his wedding ring so uh. What was it? So he wore a band-aid. I think I heard that somewhere before to try and hide it. Do you know that Alanis Morissette was not supposed to play God? No. She was supposed to play Bethany. But, uh, because Emma Thompson was going to play God. But she was pregnant, so she could not do it.
2: Hey, um, that would have just added that much more
3: to the, uh, controversy, you know? Yeah, I think at that point, And then, uh, Jillian Anderson from The X-Files was his first choice for Bethany. But, I don't know, it doesn't give that. a reason as to, you know. But yeah, I could definitely see that happening. Uh, oh, shit, and that was the first time you saw movies in a Kevin Smith film.
2: The legendary movies, yes. Yeah, that's the first movies. Um. Now, I don't... Re- hey, was... Was movies in Tusk? Uh, I I haven't seen Red State, but I
3: mean, I know it
2: was in. It was not.
3: I know it wasn't in Red State. I know that, but um, I'm very curious because now you got me thinking, and you know what? You might be, you might be right. Yeah, I don't see anything about that. No movies. No. Um. Oh, and by the way, the uh, um, Yoga Hosers, the movie that comes after Tusk, you can Mm -hmm. avoid that. Uh, I've seen it. Oh, you did see it.
2: I did see Yoga Hosers because I think it was released directly to Netflix. So I watched it. And uh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't. I I wouldn't say it's horrible, but I mean. No,
3: it's not. It's not horrible, but it's definitely, you know. It's it's aimed
2: um, for a younger demographic. (laughs) Yeah to say the least. But it's cool that, you know, if I was directing movies, I'd probably put my daughter and my friend's daughter, you know, in in a movie, too. You know, I, I can see why he did that. That was cool. Wow. You know, and plus it got it got uh, Johnny Depp involved, which uh, they, he was, yeah, of course, they, they filmed Tusk and uh, Yoga Hosers at the same time.
3: Right. Right. And then well. you, uh, so he
2: managed managed to get Johnny Depp in two of his movies. I mean, that's pretty cool.
3: Yeah, I I think if he ever does um, Moose Jaws, which is the, the third part of that trilogy, I think uh, Johnny Depp is supposed to be in that one as well. I think it's written, but I don't know if he's... Because actually, Moose Jaws was supposed to happen before reboot, even. I mean, reboot happened more so because I, you know, he had the heart attack, and then that just, you know, jump started that. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I mean, and that was oh, when I uh, and uh, speaking of that, when I did um when I did see him, I did say uh, that I was happy that he was uh, still alive and all that stuff. I didn't get too emotional during that. Thank you. Because, you know, I would have... Uh, if I really, like, let my emotions get the best of me, I probably would have broke down in front of him saying that.
2: Yeah, uh, that would have looked really good, Mike.
3: Yeah, that was, you know... Well, when I found out that he almost did die, really, it was a sad day for me. Not as sad as Donald dying, because Donald actually died. But, uh, you know... um,
2: But, hey, uh, Kevin was... Well, uh, still reasonably young, you know, so...
3: Well, I mean, he took steps to kind of make himself, you know, healthier. Now, I guess with the going vegan and, and such, and uh, yeah, he's. Like, oh
2: yeah, yeah, just like uh, just like uh, Jay says in uh, the music video for uh, "Loser," one of the songs from the soundtrack. Mm. Hey, yo! You ever get your asshole licked by a <laughs> guy, a formerly fat guy in a trench coat?
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I almost feel like we should Mo- move, I, I almost matter. feel like we should <laughs> we should move on to reboot because it's it yeah. We're
2: like, not getting anywhere with Dogma, man. Yeah, <laughs> and
3: it seems like we're we're just itching to to move on to reboot anyway. I know. I kind of am just because, I, you know, and I know people that saw reboot, and they were like, you know. They didn't like it. They thought it was just his same old thing, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? That's why it was so good is because it kind of took us back to that world that we were away from for uh, the better part of what you figure 2006 was Clerks 2. So then you had, yeah, you had 14 years. Yeah, and and I, can worst...
2: un- I can understand him being nostalgic about that, you know, after almost dying, you know, you <laughs> know Hey, he wants to, uh, he wanted to go back, you know, and make, basically, you know, he wanted to make Mr. Holland's opus. Uh, yeah. he wanted to make his grand opus, you know, tie up, you know, the Jane Silent Bob story. Right. And I thought that was awesome they did that, and man, the way, what, which we'll get to that, I don't want to get too much into it right mm-hmm. now, but, uh, anyway, Dogma, I really enjoyed it, revisiting it, the continuation of, uh... And building the characters of Jane, Silent Bob was great in the movie. I loved every bit about that. Uh, the the shit monster. I can't yeah. I can't go any further without mentioning the shit monster because that was hilarious.
3: <laughs> that uh, was. A, it's a shit demon.
2: Yeah, the, the shit demon. Yeah, he sprays him yeah. with the uh, with the uh, aerosol. Uh, yeah. Guaranteed to that knock was, out foul odors. Odor. Yeah, great. that was great. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that, and Chris Rock was great in it, too. I mean, I really I really enjoyed uh, his take on it. And and just, the movie's so smart. I mean, they just, they completely turn Catholicism on its ear without being terribly offensive about it. I mean, there were a lot of people, obviously, that took it offensively. But really, nothing about the film was terribly offensive. I mean, even from the opening, they give the little disclaimer at the beginning. (laughs) I don't remember what it says, but about... Uh, platypuses, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, yeah, I don't
3: remember it either,
2: uh, yeah. <laughs> And then it apologizes to any platypus enthusiast. <laughs> and uh, the, the whole movie, in all his movies, you know, he that's what I love about Kevin Smith. Right off the bat, he doesn't, in any of his films, he doesn't want you to take his film seriously. He, he no. just says, hey, just sit down, enjoy the ride, have a good time. Hopefully you'll be entertained. And then when it's over the movie's over you know go on about your life you know you don't have to read too much into it
3: right no not at all and that's the you know and that's the thing like to me that dogma was probably the first movie that he made that i felt in a sense was taking risks or doing something you know i mean he still kept the humor and all that stuff but it was still something that was like outside of the realm of clerks or malls.
2: Oh yeah, and, and for the 90s like Like we were saying, for the 90s, it was incredibly risque. Yeah,
3: right. Yeah, you didn't expect to see, and especially coming from him, you know, after those chasing Amy was a little, you know, was a little more dramatic for him. But still, I think... You know, this, even though it, it kind of kept some of that, you know, it kept the humor, it was also just a different subject matter for him. That That's something that was big. And that, that's kind of like why I, I look up to him and kind of admire him, because he's not afraid to take risks, you know?
2: Yeah, very versatile.
3: And whether whether or not he does appear on the podcast in any way, shape or form, um, you know, I still got to give him credit for at least, in his career, not being afraid to to go out, you know, to think outside of the box, to go outside of the norm and uh, just see where you go with that.
2: Yeah, and he's one of the very few directors that has actually been successful at that, you know. usually It's kind of like when you see a comedian, a well-known comedian, comedic actor rather, tried to break into dramatic roles. How many times does that actually work? I mean, how many times is it... Ex- successful and it's not just laughed at for all the wrong
3: reasons you know yeah that's where it's it's rare usually it's really rare do we want to do ratings i mean yeah we could do ratings if you'd like to rate it
2: well i'll let you go first buddy what what uh what do you think of dogma i mean
3: well kevin smith's fourth film the fourth film and um i was still on a on a very big kevin smith high at this point i honestly out of like if we were to do a one to five scale, I would um, I would give it a four. I don't do half ratings like everybody else does because in my book, half ratings just move up anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> i i would say uh, see
2: i'm kind of conflicted now because after revisiting it here last week i was really high on it when i first saw it and right. and i still really enjoyed it i mean the third act was it just me or just the third act and it really seemed to kind of drag a bit
3: no i mean that that does definitely have its moments where you know you feel um action kind of slows a little bit i i i get that um but Which I like uh, said, it was
2: just his fourth film, so you know I'm not not giving him any shit over it. I don't know. Uh give him a shit demon. Give him, uh, uh yeah. I will yes. I will give Dogma three and a half shit demons.
3: Three and a half. Okay. That's good. Shit demons. That's-
2: and I won't even spray any uh aerosol no. air in its face
3: for that. Yeah, no, you don't want to make those disappear. That's good. No, keep hey, and
2: it. I feel bad. I didn't m- mention how great Jason Lee was uh, as Azazel.
3: Well, yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, well, Jason Lee is always, you know, usually uh, pretty good. It's just a shame now that, like, he's kind of. I mean, shit. He's been relegated to just doing, Albert and the Chipmunks movies. Oh.
2: Yeah, which they kind of make. He pokes fun a himself and uh, the reboot. Yeah about that and I like that, you know. That's the thing about Kevin Smith. He's never afraid to make fun of himself. You know, no, Nobody takes Kevin Smith less serious than Kevin Smith.
3: Yeah. That that's
2: definitely and really that's true. why everybody loves him or most people love him. Yeah. But uh yeah, three and a half shit demons. I wish I could think of more to say about dogma, but uh Salma Hayek, wonderful <laughs> all everybody. I mean, would you say this was his most star studded cast for any of his films? Yeah, it's
3: definitely up there.
2: I mean, he gets a lot of cameos still, which, I mean, I always love all the cameos in his films. But, I mean, as far as main character, star-studded cast, yeah, it's hard yeah. to compete with Dogma. Yeah,
3: no, because I was thinking of, uh, I was thinking Strike Back, but then I'm like, no, shit, Strike Back was more cameos than anything. You know what I mean? It was more cameos than anything else. I,
2: I mean, you know? we had
3: Matt and Ben,
2: Sam Hayek, of course, Chris Rock.
3: Yeah, Alan Rickman.
2: Alan Rickman, uh, yeah, I should have mentioned him first.
3: I don't think he's ever had anyone of that caliber in a movie of his since. and I don't think that he could get someone that high on the food chain, so to speak, for like a major role in his film.
2: Well, and you got to think about it at the time, though, Mike. Uh, Alan Rickman, you know, he was kind of coming off of his big late 80s, early 90s right. as well as as playing the uh, villain. You know, he was the big bad in so many movies. And, you know, and I'm sure he wanted to break away and do different things. And that's probably what
3: led to him doing Dogma. You know, when you think that he actually did do a Kevin Smith thing, I'm sure even when Kevin thinks about it now, you know, to this day, he's probably still like, holy shit. I got Um, Alan Rickman. (laughs) It's like, you know, you can't. Doesn't get better than that. It really doesn't. No. It really doesn't.
2: Well, so there we go, folks. Uh, <laughs> we talked a lot about dogma without talking about dogma much at yeah. all. <laughs> but it's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, check it out.
3: jane Allen Bob Reboot. Kevin Smith basically had a heart attack. And that was his epiphany movie. Was, <laughs> I don't know. That, that's what it seems like to me anyway. You know, because it seemed like he was done with the uh, viewist universe as such. But then we get this um, beautiful piece of filmmaking. Um, And I didn't know what to expect at first. I mean, I went into it expecting greatness because every time I sit down for a Kevin Smith movie, I I assume that it's just automatically going to be great. Um, I don't think I was ever disappointed, except um, in the realm of uh, yoga hosers, I thought was a little underwhelming based on his other stuff. It's not horrible. (laughs) It's definitely not, you know, um, um, true Kevin Smith, but he rebounded from that. I thought um, Moose Jaws, which was the third in his um, North trilogy, was coming after Yoga Hosers, but no, he um, rebounded and did uh, the reboot. So, So Mike, why, why don't you start off telling us what a reboot is? What the reboot is? Well, the reboot is Jane Silent Bomb going to Hollywood to stop a remake of the Blunt Man and Chronic movie. That yeah,
2: they went to Hollywood to to try to stop the original movie back in two thousand six. Right. So this movie it it's so smart. <laughs> They're parodying parodying mm-hmm. the reboot. Right. Which is the big trend now. Yeah, I mean. Star Wars, everything. And I love the new Star Wars films. Uh, I mean, love them or hate them. Uh, but uh, that's, that's the big thing now. Uh, is, you know, they're not doing sequels anymore. They're doing reboots. They're doing all these franchises that have, whether it be horror or whatever. Instead of doing more sequels, mm-hmm. they are going directly to doing uh, reboots. What well, they call reboots. They're, they're doing direct sequels. Uh, Mind you, they're ignoring all the other films in the franchise and just doing what they call reboots of the original film. And Kevin Smith realized this and he jumped right on it and saw an opportunity to make a great film, making fun of people making reboots. And I think he nailed it perfectly. What do you think, Mike?
3: Oh, he definitely did. There was, uh, I mean, his daughter playing Jay's daughter in the movie. I thought that was...
2: Spoilers, folks.
3: Well, yes, Spoilers. If you haven't seen it, please stop this and uh, go watch it. Because, uh, but if you're a diehard Kevin Smith fan, trust me, you've seen this already. I'm sure.
2: Yeah, and otherwise, go watch it anyway because it'll be more entertaining than this podcast. <laughs> yes, <laughs>
3: she definitely did good. She was a high point. Um,
2: yes, Miss Harley Quinn,
3: Millennium <laughs> Falcon, and oh, did you hear? And I don't know if it was if it was you know because of this movie. But, um, movies in California is, Mm -hmm. um, uh, they're opening up, uh, I forget what the fuck they, they call it. It's not like a, uh, kiosk, but it's like a mini store and you can get through Postmates, which is another one of those food delivery services. You can get movies delivered in California. Holy shit. You can eat your hater tots. They serve uh, hater tots. Hater tots and, uh, some Lasagna that has a meat or uh, vegetarian option.
2: Just, just and, shut uh, up, Mike.
3: Shut up. You had me at Hater Tots. Yeah. And he's actually, he actually is supposedly uh, later this year or next year, I believe they're actually opening a movies restaurant.
0: Hater Tots
3: filled with hate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what uh. you get. But there are so many cameos in this like right off the bat. And then um, uh, Jason Lee in the uh, Brody secret stash you know right off the bat and you had your uh, Matt Damon pop up
2: all of them, all of them. hey let's, let's not blow our load too uh, soon hmm. there am I. <laughs> we'll start we'll start at the beginning here smokers. Yes. I mean come on smokers. Um, the movie opens with Jay and Silent Bob it have it open up a chicken sandwich restaurant next mm-hmm. to the quick stop right. called Smokers. And the movie opens with them getting raided by the police. They shoot in gas grenades. And Jason Mewes... Jason Mewes... I can't talk tonight. <laughs> Jason Mewes runs out, uh, mm-hmm. holding two pot plants, and the uh, cop on the megaphone screams, Drop your plants! Mm-hmm. Of course, Jason Mewes is getting old, like the mm-hmm. rest of us, or most of us at least. And So he didn't hear him correctly, and he assumes he meant... Drop your pants. So <laughs> he sits the plants down and drops his pants, revealing his heart-shaped pubes and his uh wiener stuck between his legs. It was yes. the one cop that uh, was shooting the uh, tear gas grenade, just freaking out like, "Where's his dick? Where's his <laughs> dick?" I mean that, that was, that's how you fucking open a Kevin Smith movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then um. they the cameo there right at the beginning where they bust Dante. Yeah. he's coming into the quick stop, and they even make, he makes reference to Randall, which, uh, like we were talking about earlier, what you know, what the hell happened to Randall? I mean, why is this guy not been in more Kevin Smith movies?
3: Yeah, it is a shame that he didn't pop up in the reboot, but I guess their, um, you know, mending fences didn't happen until yeah, just recently after reboot was already done, so I guess he couldn't. Uh squeeze him in
2: but what does it take i mean one of his best friends almost dies of a heart attack and ask him to be in this movie you know that ain't enough
3: see i don't even know that's what i wonder i don't even know if he asked them to be in it because see the thing is i don't even know what their falling out was about but it had to be something somewhat major i would
2: think well i know a lot of them got upset over jason Mew's drug use in mm-hmm. the uh, early 2000s around the uh Jane, Silent Bob, Strike Back time, right? Because he pretty much hit rock bottom uh, shortly after that film.
3: Yeah, so that there was that. I don't think what was Anderson in? He wasn't like he. Randall wasn't in Strike Back, or not? Yeah, he wasn't in Strike Back. I don't think was he? He was in actually no, I don't think he was in Dogma either. No, he had a he had a cameo in Dogma. Oh oh okay okay yeah yeah yeah. So whatever happened between them must have happened after Dogma then.
2: Yeah, and I wouldn't be a bit surprised if I said it had to do with Jason Mewes and the situation he was in at the time. Who knows? I mean, it, it could have been jealousy. I mean, Jason Mewes, Clerks was his first film, and uh, then Dogma was his second. Again, I can't remember uh, the guy who plays Randall's name, but he was an aspiring actor from what I understand, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I can understand there being some jealousy there. This guy from Jersey right off the street that just buddies with the director is now starring in his films. And you got this other guy who's been in the trenches trying to make a career out of it and, you know, not really going anywhere. All of a sudden, this other one of their friends, his, bu- his director buddy, is putting this other one of their friends in the limelight. But who knows? I mean, I'm just speculating.
3: Yeah, it's just a shame that he missed out on so many other opportunities, it seems like. to just Well, yeah, I mean, Kevin Smith
2: wanted to do Clerks 3 before the reboot.
3: But, you know, honestly, it's probably better... <laughs> Well, you know, I wonder, because Clerks 3 that we're getting now has a different screenplay. The Clerks 3 that that he originally wrote had, like, a much darker tone. Oh, yeah? And it involved Dante and Randall, like, getting older and coming to terms with getting older. And I think there was an incident where... One of them has a heart attack, and this was written obviously before Smith had his heart attack and all that. So after that, I guess when he decided to do this, then he, uh, you know, just decided to take a more lighthearted approach when he rewrote it. So, but now I'm hearing that he's got another a Rat sequel. And yeah, I heard that too. And he just finished the first draft of that, so who knows what's going to go hey, on.
2: Hey, and it's the perfect time for it. I mean, with the whole digital age, you know, and all the malls are—I mean, the ones that are still around—I mean, they're dying. I mean, they make fun of it. You know, like you said, Jason Lee's uh, cameo in uh, the reboot—they make—they uh, make fun of it a little bit about them all dying. And it's, it's sadly—I mean, it's—it's it's really what's happening in America. I mean, you know, people shop online now. You know, it's just. Mm-hmm it's just like video rental stores, you know, I love them. Uh, yeah. I still love them. I still go to one every, uh, every now and then, but uh, you know, I'll buy, I'll buy, buy and rent movies online more than I'll go to the store. It's just convenient. And, uh, but I still go every now and then, you know, I I still want to support them, but I mean, it's, they're not going to be around forever,
3: guys. <laughs> so wait, you still, you still have a video store there? Yeah. Is there a, like, it's a, it's a, it's gotta be out like a mom and pop, thing right like Yeah, it, it is oh oh god i love you where are you because i need to go there and i need to go to that store because i i have there was a little mom and pop store that was around here for maybe or no around where i used to live because i live maybe 40 minutes from where i uh, used to live and there was a little mom and pop store maybe um that was in business for over thirty years, and they just finally closed uh, last year. I think it was because, I mean, the couple that ran it, I guess, just got to the point where they wanted to retire. So, yeah, they, uh, sold well, off. But, you know. Well, where I live, Mike, it's
2: the little town I live in. It's mm-hmm. pretty much a retirement community. I mean, we have sawmills. Our grocery stores, that's about, or two grocery stores. That's about uh, all the employment opportunities that uh, anyone has uh, living in this part of the country. We have either retirees or meth heads. I mean, that's pretty much the gist of it. And uh, thats I think that's the only thing that's kept our uh, local uh, video store going is all those retirees that, you know, have not made the leap into the digital age so right. they still go and and hats off to them i you know i like i said i tried to support it myself uh not as much as i should but uh i think it's awesome that they keep it going
3: do they rent uh like blu-rays or they just do vhs and dvds or
2: they they just do dvds and blu-rays now i don't even think they have
3: any vhs's left oh but that's amazing yeah see i remember um the, the one place that I told you that was near me, <laughs> yeah. uh, the couples, uh, or the couple, they called it either um, Blu ray or regular. <laughs> like if you go and ask for something, Do you want that on Blu ray or regular? Well, I want it on Blu ray. Well, we only have it on regular, so I would get it on regular. And then when they would go to, like, before they would uh, give you the disc, they'd take the disc out of a little plastic case they had it in and they would look at it. And to clean it, I shit you not, they would they would palm it, they would palm the disk, and I'm like, oh, that's not gonna play very well. Now that you know, so then I would get it home and I would take it out of the case and it'd have like this big fucking handprint on it. So I'd have to clean it off before I put it in because I'm like, I put it in, and it's going to skip. So.
2: Yeah, Mike's like, could you please not fondle my disk?
3: Yes. <laughs> I wanted to say that to them several times, but I'm like, they they just won't understand. And they sold like previously <laughs> viewed stuff, and I'm like, I I, I can never buy it from them.
2: I can it, see uh, these old people. They're just making this face. They're 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 looking up at Mike. Well, they're violating this disc, and they're like, "Why are you making that face, Mike? No, are you okay? We
3: need to call ambulance." And I'm like, I looked at them, and I'm like, you know, I want to buy this Waka bar that you have like up there on the rack, but I see you doing that to the disc, and I just I can't. No, it's just oh, I, I, mm, mm. yeah. So, but they're you know they're they're closed now, so that uh, they'll never violate another disc again. Hopefully, well, thank God those discs are safe now. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. I gas them all. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to. Sit He's sitting on a pile of them right now. Oh, <laughs> uh, I wanted to. I really wanted to. really, 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 really wanted to. Because, you know, who knows where they ended up. They just had anybody coming off the street and just, you know, buy them for 30, 40, 50, 60% off. No. Those people aren't going to care for them. They're just going to let them sit there and little kids will touch them. No. They don't know what they're doing. And uh, Mike cried like a bitch at the
2: end of Toy Story 3. Not because the toys were give, being given away, he he just related that to his loss of his uh, of his Blu-rays. You,
3: see you, get oh, it, Cody. You get desk. it. Desk. You get it. <laughs> and now I have to watch Toy Story four and see what the ending of that all was about. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen that
2: one. I haven't either. I'm <laughs> kind of holding off on that because I don't want to cry like a bitch. <laughs>
3: yeah, it's, it's gonna it's gonna happen.
2: Anyway, like we like we were saying, Jane Silent Bob reboot. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. How about Justin Long's cameo? Was that not great?
3: That was amazing. But then again, he's usually always good in anything that I see. You did you did realize what character he was? He was uh, from um Zack and Mary Make a porno.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, the uh D- Randy D- Saint Stranger
3: yeah he did so good with that, oh man,
2: but anyway, Jane Silent Bob get duped by Justin Long into signing a contract, so he'll represent him right in court, and as soon as he gets them off uh i'm I'm getting ahead of myself uh mm-hmm. we can't forget about my my cousin that played the judge uh Craig Robinson, yes, and Joe Managello. As the bailiff. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was nice. They pulled out all the stops. Dick Wolfer, anyway, gets them off. I mean, not literally gets him off. Right. Just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. Uh, he gets him off and uh, immediately goes across the courtroom and sits down to the uh, by the prosecutor to uh, because they are suing Jane Silent Bob for mm-hmm. their namesakes because they want to remake the Bluntman and Chronic movie from... In in this, what they say is twenty years ago, right? Yeah, or eighteen eighteen years ago, yeah. 18, something. Anyway, so now, because they got duped into signing this contract, they basically have lost the right to call themselves Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> yeah, that was, which was uh, pretty funny. And you're out of order. You're out. Of, you're all fucking out of order. But uh, yeah, so that was great. So now. In true reboot fashion, they, uh, sit off on a quest, Jane Silent Bob, to, uh, go to Hollywood to stop the reboot
3: of, uh, Bluntman and Chronic. And it was good, too, that, um, the way that they did it, like, it, you know, because, uh, Strike Back was kind of like a road movie, if you think of it, and now, like, this one, they did, uh, you know, they took the guy's credit card,
0: because yeah, he was there yeah.
3: trying to just, like, shout out the, uh numbers and i think that uh i think that gag actually ran longer but he cut that down somewhat um kevin smith that i think i heard that on one of his podcasts he said he, he that they cut that down um but that was good and then they had the um uber driver or whatever that they got on you know when oh they- fred Armisen, who yes.
2: is is great in this film. It, yeah. I mean, it's more than a cameo. I mean, I
3: yeah, wouldn't you say? Yeah, he was definitely in it for you know a little bit. I kind of wish they would have kept him around, you know, even longer.
2: But, yeah, I kind of expected more, some kind of resolution to his character before the end, and uh, and it never really happened. But I mean, I'm not complaining. I mean, he was still great in it. With uh, they get uh, to the airport and uh, they can't fly; they're on the no-fly list right with yeah. the uh the lovely uh molly shannon or used to be lovely or, mm-hmm. uh, i mean well, <laughs> never mind you know
3: molly shannon folks <laughs> Well, but no, anyway. Anyway. she uh you know she hasn't totally hit the wall but she's had it there
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know the brakes are out you know She's rolling downhill, you know, it's, it's yeah. only a matter of time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> but anyway, yeah, uh, they uh, she suggests, when they can't fly, that they uh, use the uh, Jay and Silent Bob version of uh, Uber. Ride me now. Yeah, that was
3: great. <laughs> that was great. Ride me now.
2: And, of course, they end up, uh, they still somebody uh, some guy's credit card number. Uh, he's a comedian, I can't remember his name, he's in a lot of Kevin Smith stuff. Well, they're riding with this guy, it's Fred Armisen. And uh, he has a built-in microwave in his dash, and yes. uh, that was great. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, "What's that smell, man? It smells <laughs> like French fries." And uh, yeah, it's he has uh, from his failed business venture. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has tater tots. He cooks and gives to all of his uh, his fairs. Right, uh, <laughs> but uh, he started a business called Hater Tot's for young girls, that I guess that's a thing. They hate people. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah, Very hateful. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, it went out of business really quick because uh, apparently uh, a lot of disreputable organizations uh, took a liking to Hater Tots. Right.
3: So
2: anyway, he agrees to drive them cross-country to uh, California Mm. to stop the uh, reboot. Hey, you know what? I'm forgetting Jason
3: Lee. Oh yeah, that's right. Because that was
2: they go yeah. to the mall, man. Mm-hmm. Back to the mall. The mall rats are back. But uh, so they go to Brody's secret stash, his store at the dying mall, mm-hmm. and they make a couple of uh, mall rats jokes in there. But uh, and Jason Lee lays down the rules for a reboot to him, uh, which are, are basically you know a reboot, which is like we said, the going thing with movies now. You change just enough of the original. To make you pay for the movie all over again, the same movie all over again. Mm-hmm. Jason Lee makes a uh, Alvin and the Chipmunk <clears throat> joke. It said something about uh, or even squeakles. Uh, yeah, that was not one of the better jokes of the film, but I appreciated it. <laughs> I mean, come on, folks, Jason Lee. I mean, yeah,
3: you, you can't go wrong there, without a doubt.
2: But I really did like how he explained compared reboots to remake. So anyway, yeah, they find out that they're uh, going to shoot a scene for uh, the reboot. At the fictitional Chronic Con, which is a big convention that they hold every year for uh, the Buntman and Chronic movie. Right. So they, uh, with Fred Armisen's help, had cross country to stop uh, this reboot at Chronic Con. And uh, you know what? I'm already forgetting another very important part of um, uh, Jay meeting his daughter. First, she was like trying to
3: beat the shit out of him. Yeah, she choked him out. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was great. at movies 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 they spot
2: and elizabeth she is now a weather reporter and uh very inappropriately at a movies uh (laughs) jay spots her on the uh, tv there so they go to track her down first and get choked out by uh kevin smith's daughter jay's daughter uh millennium falcon yes
3: oh that was great
2: it was i love i love the line too she's like uh, she tells her mom, just like, I-, I told you, I told you not to, not to get around these guys till the cops get here. <laughs> mm-hmm. These meth heads till so the cops get here. And she says, Oh honey, they're not meth heads, they're just from Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> that
3: was great. Uh, the best was they split a ride share together. So that was the best when uh she kind of slipped them the uh weed that was uh, Oh the, the edibles.
2: edibles. Oh my god. Yes. The edibles. <laughs>
3: And you had your uh, Method Man and uh, Red Man cameo from uh, How High. How High, uh, yeah. yeah.
2: But hey, there was the Matt Damon cameo before that.
3: Yes, there was him. Uh, I was very surprised they didn't... Uh, I mean, I know Ben Affleck is in the movie, but I was surprised that he didn't reprise you know, the uh, Dogma character. And I was just kind of matt damon doing that by himself
2: well i i can understand that because uh harvey weinstein still uh, owns the rights to dogma and that's why we haven't got a blu-ray release of it or anything like that you know dogma was originally a disney film
3: oh i remember that and then i yeah
2: and because of all the catholic well i don't say hate but uh (laughs) they didn't like the film uh the idea that the film was coming out so disney's sold it to the Weinsteins, and of course we know where that situation is now.
3: Right. Yeah, we're... uh Oh, all their films are all over the place at this point, so... I don't think you're going to see a um, proper release of that.
2: Uh, not for a
3: while, at least. Unfortunately, not until one of them dies or something. I mean, it, that sucks. But So, yeah, but they were in that rideshare with uh, the Method Man, Method Man and the Red Man... From the uh, how high, and uh, ride me now. Yes, and that was the uh, the whole chocolate thing, wasn't it? Like Jay was like something like we're gonna die or something. They were like laughing and
2: uh, yeah, the the girls are gonna, they're gonna die. These old dudes are gonna die because oh right. right yeah. And Jay's like uh, Jay's like eh, we've been smoking weed our whole lives. You know, this shit ain't gonna phase us. And then they both pass out, and that's. When we have the uh, method and red cameo, they give them uh, fatherly advice, if you can imagine. <laughs>
3: yeah. Then it jumps to the next morning.
2: Yeah, and yeah, uh, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> they Jay's laying ass up in the uh, highway, and uh, they've got Saint Bob's, uh face shoved in his ass. And, and you know, Kevin Smith, he had to think about this writing. It's like, how about I put my face in my best friend's ass?
3: <laughs> that had to be something.
2: I mean, w- would you ever write that,
3: Mike? You know? No, probably not.
2: I mean, you're sitting there thinking, it doesn't matter how high you are. Heterosexually, you're not going to think, you know what? I think I'll write this scene where I have my friends <laughs> stick their face no. in my ass. Yeah, no. Not at all. Or where I stick my face in my friends. At. No, yeah. Yeah. You get the
3: gist of it. It's the last place you'd want your face to be.
2: Indeed. But anyway, so yeah, they're moving cross-country, trying to uh, get to Con to stop the reboot. His daughter and her friend have other plans. Uh, they've uh, got on a pedophile website. And lured a pedophile in in a van because they need more room for all of them. Because they all can't fit in the, I don't even remember what kind of car it was that uh, Fred Armisen was driving. It was a smaller car. So they get this pedophile to show up and he's dressed as Dom DeLuise's character, uh, Captain Chaos, wasn't it, from uh, Cannonball Run? Yeah, that's it. Jay beats the shit out of him. They take the van speed off they did have the conversation in the van about all the girls there being from a support group of uh girls who had never met their father yeah and that's when jay which i mean that's a thing kevin smith is so good at you know he can blend humor and rip your heart out too at the uh, same time he, he he knows he's good at maintaining that balance just like when uh, jay says after she talks about being in a support group where uh girls who have ne- never met their fathers and and he Tells her, "Well, I knew your dad. He was a piece of shit."
3: Yeah, I mean, it worked. It got me. I think I shed a few tears during that one myself.
2: Speaking of which, um, (laughs) Method and Red, I just remembered uh, what uh, what they told Jay. What do you say? I don't even know how to be a father. They're like. (laughs) Being a father, being a father doesn't make you a dad. <laughs> think all, think of all the fucked up shit your dad did, and don't do that. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. how you be a good dad. Some
3: sage advice, indeed.
2: And then they uh, introduce uh, the uh, multi-ethnic group of girls. Uh, you got the Sherpa wearing uh, Jihad do and then there's uh, what was it, Chen Yu?
3: Yeah, that's right.
2: Who's always talking into a microphone? doing a podcast. They make it uh, cross-country after running to Fred Armisen again and getting blasted with hater tots filled with hate. They steal the van from Jane Silent Bob and somehow... Did you ever figure out how they track them down? Because I didn't know. They track them down in LA and they are have been abducted by a KKK group led by uh Chris Jericho.
3: <laughs>
2: They've been abducted by the KKK led by Chris Jericho. And I which just we saw get one of the it was, uh,
3: uh, was on the season two premiere of uh, Last Drive In with Joe Bob.
2: Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we get a uh, a little short segment there uh <laughs> Of them being abducted and they're going to burn them at the stake or cross and uh we get one of the very rare in- instances where silent bob actually speaks
3: i think that was the only time that was his one time speak for the movie i think wasn't it i don't think did he say anything at the end i don't think so
2: no no but yeah mitch and murray <laughs> <laughs>
3: mitch and murray daddy, you all are
2: fucking fired abd abd always be duck. oh long story short they uh Get the keys to the van. Jay manages to free the girls uh, while Silent Bob's creating a distraction, and they tie a rope around a porta potty and sling it all over the KKK members on their way out. Yeah, so things got so shitty. Them.
3: Yeah, very shitty at that point. I mean,
2: we're not talking Michael J. Pumpkin Spice shitty, but no. pretty shitty. <laughs> the next morning, they're all hanging around, uh, hanging around the van, and uh, Jay and his daughter, who doesn't know his that she's his daughter are talking and uh, she uh is talking about, about uh not wanting anything big you know would just like to meet her dad and you know have coffee with him and talk about shit and i don't remember why but at that point he tells her that god looks like Atlantis landis more set which you know was a callback back yeah, to was... dogma that was great they had several callbacks to dogma in this movie but then they finally make it to chronic con as to where we are greeted with a hologram of None other than Chris Hemsworth, Thor himself, which the girls are all making very inappropriate, suggestive. Yeah, you get the picture. And the funny thing is the the hologram, Chris Hemsworth is saying, please do not hump the hologram. Please do (laughs) not flate the hologram. They paid me a lot of money to do this. You know, it's just a job.
3: Speaking of that, the the chronicon, I was very surprised that Mark Hamill didn't show up.
2: I was too, you know. I really expected him to be in this film.
3: You know, somebody said, I think at the reboot roadshow, I think Kevin did say something that because with Star Wars and Disney, that they wouldn't let him do it or something like
2: that. Yeah, that's a shame. That would just been another great cameo in it. I mean, especially with all the the ending of the uh, Star Wars new new trilogy. You know, he's right. kind of popular and, again,
3: right? And he was cock knocker. So he
2: was. Speaking of which, who do you think? In the Silent Bob and Jay, uh, or Jay and Silent Bob reboot, <laughs> who do you think? Uh, I mean, we had Kilmer as blunt Man, and I don't remember who's Chronic. Uh, who do you think at the end of the uh, trailer was uh, Cockknocker? See, I'm throwing this out there. I think it was uh, McConaughey.
3: Yeah, could have been.
2: I could see him in that role.
3: He would have done it if, if like asked, if he seems like that type of person.
2: Well, yeah, he's a big stoner.
3: So that's something him and Smith have in common at that point.
2: Indeed. And we can't, speaking of stoners, we cannot We cannot gloss over the uh, awesome cameo of Tommy Chong.
3: No, not at all. That was another surprise.
2: That was a crossover between two universes as I thought was long overdue. So if they get to Chronicon, they see the Hemsworth hologram, they go their separate ways. Because Jay still is determined to uh, stop this reboot. Mm-hmm. And his daughter is just, you know, wanting her friend to be in the reboot you know, the fan scene that they're gonna get the uh opportunity to be in. Uh or they think they're gonna get the opportunity to be in. But uh turns out they get there just a little too late and uh it's all full. They're not letting anybody else in. Oh, and we can't we can't forget the uh Kevin can wait joke. We gotta we gotta stop Kevin Smith. Kevin can wait. But anyway at this point they the main characters go their separate ways. And, uh, Jane, Bob basically go through at Chronicon, go through a virtual history of Kevin Smith films, uh, which begins when they run it. Uh, it starts running into, uh, I can't remember the actor's name, Oswald from, uh, The Drew Carey Show. Diedrich Bader. Diedrich Bader. Thank you. And he always plays the same character in every movie he's in, and I wouldn't have it any other way. And it's no different in this movie. And, uh, yeah, he stops them and, uh, and this, through the whole movie, they're and I don't know why, but they're ma- the whole movie they're making references to uh, "Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead," and it finally pays off here because Keith Coogan himself finally comes out here in front of uh, or behind uh, Diedrich uh, Bader in uh, out of the Celebrity Lounge and uh, and says they're out of Swedish fish in there. So man, the the fishes are done, and uh, you finally get payoff to this joke. That they've been building at the whole movie for what reason I do not know, but it's still funny. But anyway, they get in uh, on the panel where we have uh, James Vanderbeek and Jason Biggs, who played Chronic and Blunt Man in Jane, Silent Bob Strike Back. Jason Biggs just fucking ripping this reboot. He's just uh, he's called it a piece of shit. <laughs> and Vanderbeek's like, yeah, whatever, you know, it it'll be good. I'm all he was all he's all on board for. It. You know, he's just trying to make a buck. But Jason Biggs isn't having any of it. <laughs> Mm -hmm. (laughs) To which he calls him Vanderbitch. And Dawson's Creek replies, uh, calls him a pie fire. Which.
3: Yeah, the pie fucker. The pie
2: fire. Then they go through the comic book man booth, with just cool. Which, I mean, only lasts a couple seconds. But, I mean, and then they go through the uh, clerk's black. They walk into the room and it's black. All, they're black and white. Everything's black and white, just like in the original clerks. And it's got the cast of clerks, clerks minus Randall, which was pretty awesome. And then they finally get to uh, Ben Affleck. I don't remember what his character was from Chasing Amy. Forgive me.
3: Holden McNeil, that's it.
2: Holden McNeil. But uh, it turns out he's the guest of honor. At that year's Chronic Con, so he gets them passes, backstage passes, but uh, not before introducing them to his daughter, Amy, uh, which uh, he had in vitrily with, what's her name, from Chasing Amy. <laughs> um,
3: that Alyssa Jones.
2: But they're going through a whole big... He goes into a big whole uh, sad speech. Not sad. Uh, tell him about the importance of being a dad and how much it's changed his life and and now how he spends... And they even threw in a Chasing Amy reference because he says he now he spends most of his days chasing Amy, mm-hmm. uh, which is his little girl, which kind of opens Jay's eyes and he uh, kind of sees it's more important to help his daughter and help her live her dream than it is uh, for them to stop the reboot. They rush off to... Uh, Help his daughter get into the reboot, her and her friends, and uh, and they get in there. And then we get the uh, classic switch. You have to have somebody in a cat suit in a Jane Silent Bob movie. Turns out their friend Shen Yu, or whatever the hell her name was. I don't remember what the hell her name was. <laughs> I don't Shen, Yu. was... Shen Yu! Shen Yu! He uh, rips off her wig and is wearing a cat suit. Surprisingly enough, and is a Russian spy and plans to execute ex- the He probably needs mm-hmm. Uh execute Kevin Smith on stage in front yeah, of a live was, audience.
3: Yeah, that was something with him playing himself.
2: Oh yeah, and he was he made himself an asshole too, which I love. You know, I love I love it when an actor or a director plays regardless plays herself in the film. And and plays themselves as, an, as an asshole. It puts him up at a higher level for me. <laughs> yeah. And what she does, he does a great job of it. Gets choked out by his daughter because she... <laughs> suddenly realizes that Kevin Smith looks a lot like Silent Bob. So uh, when he goes backstage, she chokes him out. And they do the classic uh, cartoon mirror gag. And I love this, where, they're, where Silent Bob and Kevin Smith are both walking past the mirror and they're miming each other. <laughs> or, Kevin, or Silent Bob is miming Kevin Smith, and then she chokes him out. But uh, I thought that was a nice touch. I really like that. But uh, yeah, they get out. She's speaking for uh, Kevin Smith, who is, surprisingly enough, his uh, first AD is very frustrated because uh kevin smith isn't talking to him anymore and he's just having this little girl talk to him because uh and she says he's lost his voice anyway at this point shin Yu reveals her secret identity the army of cock knockers roll out through the crowd they knock silent bob over the head and throw him into the uh next set and lock the door which the next set is a. Uh, what was it, Heavy Metal Graveyard? Was that it, Mike? I think so. But anyway, on uh, apparently on one episode of that show, they built a uh, Iron Man suit. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, to which they're about to assassinate Kevin Smith, and Jay tells Millie wow. that he's her dad, and they're going to execute Jay first, and to which Silent Bob yeah. Iron Bob bashes the door down and starts kicking everybody's ass. It's a big battle after that. They light up one of, uh, the last one of uh, Jane Silent Bob's uh, golden strains of uh, weed to knock out the Cockknocker Troopers, to which Sophia. Uh, the uh, deaf friend of Millie uh, knocks out Shen Yu because she's deaf. Shen Yu was using like a sonic what a sonic disruption device or something, shit like that. He knocks her out. Kevin Smith, so stone standing there from uh, Golden Strain that they lit up. That uh, he's giving a play-by-play of uh, what's going on. All the characters are where they're supposed to be. Okay, now we should do a slow dissolve <laughs> to the to the re- and then go to the resolution. To wrap it up. At, uh, which they do, yeah. which it ends with uh, Jay and uh, Millie standing in front of the quick stop or in front of the smokers. And Silent Bob brings some coffee to drink like she had been talking about, just wanting to drink coffee with her dad. And they wrap it up in the credits. You know, you, see, you get the one more cameo by Dante coming in to uh, unlock the store that morning. And uh, to which Jay tells Millie, he's like, we've been shoving gum in that guy's lock for
3: 25 years. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> When he did that, yeah, yeah, and then it went to stand, Lee in the credits.
2: Yes, that tugged at the heartstrings.
3: Yeah, that definitely did. It certainly did. As for ratings, what would you rate this?
2: Uh, I'm. I know you don't want to do half ratings, but I hope you'll allow me to do it one more time. No,
3: you can. You can do it.
2: You can. Do I, it. I've got to give this one four point seven five shit monsters. <laughs> four point
3: seven five. Well, if you're gonna give it a four point seven five, I'm just gonna I'm gonna give it a five. Five shit demons. That's fair enough. That's definitely what I give it.
2: If Kevin Smith never makes another film, which I'm sure he will, if this is the last film we make, I'm good with that. I mean, it it was a satisfying end to the Jay and Silent Bob story. It was. That being said, what do you think's gonna come next, Mike? Clerks three
3: or Mallrats two? I'm hoping for Clerks three but you never know. I thought we were going to get Moose Jaws before we got this, but that is apparently like gone now or something.
2: Oh, I hate to hear that. I mean, I would like to see uh, I just hope Kevin does more uh, horror. I thought he nailed it with Dusk.
3: He actually has a horror anthology coming out. I forget the name of it, but I think it's coming out soon.
2: Oh, hey, did you hear that he's uh, directing the new uh, animated uh, He-Man movie? I did, yes. Uh, apparently, they've got some pretty big names signed on for it, so I'm pretty excited for it.
3: Yeah, I'm on board, definitely. When it, um, I mean, I know everything is being delayed and shuffled around, but I'm down for it when it happens. Yeah, I'd certainly like to see his take
2: on it. And, uh, I mean, if he throws in an animated Jane Silent Bob, I'd be okay with that, too. Yeah. I mean, any Which they did not uh, animated Jane Silent Bob movie, didn't
3: they? They did. It's um, Jane Silent Bob super groovy cartoon movie. Yeah, I Plus, haven't seen it. A... Have you ever seen the animated Clark series? No, I never it watched it. It ran for six episodes.
2: Wow, that's it?
3: Yeah, because ABC pulled it. But it is... One of the funniest things you'll ever see. It really is.
2: Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out then. I mean, I remember when it came out and I just didn't get around. To it. it was like
3: it was here and gone so quick. <laughs> yeah, that was that was it pretty much. Well, that about does it for this episode of Rabbit and Red. But for Cody, I'm Michael J. And we will see you next time. Adios.